Welcome back to the show that took way too much time off and now has to knock off the ring rust. It's Pro Grapplers. Introducing first, I am now Executive Director of Monday Night Raw. I am amazing Jason Sigler. And my opponent, he is now the Executive Director of SmackDown Live, Steve the Shin Kicker Shinny. I thought we never rusted, but I guess we did rested, so maybe we rusted. I'm confused. Rust never... As, as AJ Styles, what does his shirt say? Rust never... Uh, never rust. rest, never rust. There you go. Now that's... Now that's never... Never best. Always must. Punch other guys in the face. <laughs> <laughs> After his heel turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but he's still... I still think he's one of the best. And... You know. but, I, but I'm saying that he probably feels that way. Like, I'm not getting my shots... I'm not getting the title shots I deserve, so yeah, I'm not I'm gonna join my buddies and and beat up. I hope they get to beat up John Cena. I hope for old times' sake they get to beat up John. Oh, Cena. Oh, they better get to beat up John Cena. It should really just say phenomenally susceptible to peer pressure. I mean, it, yeah. I okay. So we'll just go ahead and talk about that real quick. Um, we're just gonna kind of run down the last couple, three weeks, whatever of wrestling that with our highlights because th- there's been so much going on. Uh, that's definitely a highlight for me. I like the. I, it felt like they were building, you know, the club back up so they could go back to Japan and tear it up there and, you know, give the fans what they want and then just come back here and probably business as usual. But, no, they actually, they actually used it to fuel AJ Styles to a heel turn. And, I mean, the Good Brothers, too, as well. But I, who cares about them, really, honestly, at this point? And now they could, you know, change my mind on that and maybe actually, you know, get hardened and get a, title, a tag title shot. But... I, I I like it. I like it. It gives AJ Styles something new to do, and it gives him an edge again, which he has not had in months, maybe years. It feels like. Uh, I would say it's more just that it's it's ran its course. There's there are very few wrestlers who will always be heel or always be face, and this is just a natural progression. We had face AJ Styles for about two years now. It was great. I enjoyed it. I will defend his title reign against a lot of people who thought it was too long and too boring i thought it was just fine some of the matches could have been better but that's a different topic and now it's time for a, uh, a heel turn so now he's going to hang out with people who bet their wives did, did they do that I, I can't i didn't catch that his hot asian wife was on the line did he bet her can you do that i mean it's wrestling so yes you absolutely could. well i mean yes, no, I, but i don't think he did i didn't understand what he meant by that I missed that line. I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. He said something, but, and maybe I didn't catch it. I don't know. As you you bet your hot Asian wife, I do. Maybe that's what he said. Maybe that's a new catchphrase he's trying to get over. <laughs> Put that on a shirt. Sell that at Walmart. That's a, that's a that's a that's a phrase you can only say to so many people. But once again, yes, I'll take it. Two thumbs. He'll take it. We uh, stomping grounds is in the rear view. It was a uh, it was a pretty good show, all things considered. I mean, you know, it's a, a brand new thing, and whenever that happens, they tend to be just kind of they feel like throwaway shows, or people look at them that way before they've you know once they've come and gone. It's just like oh, that's that that was a thing. We're never gonna have that again. Like great balls of fire, and I, I outside of really seeing a a massive flaw in the push Lacey Evans program that they still are going with uh and a, a fairly boring cage match 
outside of Kofi deciding to just win and dive out the, why, the big why, gaping hole that Dolph Ziggler gave him. Why haven't people been doing that for 30 years? That's an easy way to win the match. Just, it just became a race. Yeah, which, uh, unfortunately, when you're on the... I think it's... Uh, if you were to go with, like, you know, stats, like RPG stats, when you're crawling on the mat to get out the cage door, your speed is, like, at a uh, minus 50. Like, you, you just... The friction is so great. And then Kofi... It's difficult you know, he, terrain. He figured that, that one point. out. Yeah. I, I think Kofi could have climbed over the cage right where at the door and then jumped out that way and still made it before Dolph Ziggler did. Ah, it was a cooler... I really like the visual of him jumping over Dolph Ziggler through the ropes, through the d- door, landing on the floor. I thought that looked really cool. I, I liked the ending of that match. I thought it was great. It was. I, I And again, I liked the ending. I didn't like really anything most most of anything in the match but uh and then uh it was funny that nxt that same week that next week uh did their own cage match and it was io shirai versus Shayna baszler and you know that that one on every level destroyed that cage match even the ending where you know uh io shirai is beating her and uh, beating Shayna, and Shayna, you know collapses and falls out of the ring and wins the match was like okay well i i haven't seen that i or i, I think i maybe saw it with rick flair back in the day but uh haven't seen it in a while so it was it was it was a, a fresh ending and again everything in the match uh uh Shirai coming off the top and also Candice LeRae coming off the top and then you know getting beat down by Io and we have a new uh kind of heel turn for her it, yeah I just wanted to mention that real quick because we were talking about cage matches and you know we don't see cage matches that often and then they do two right in a row and I I, I thought it was a nice uh Nice change of pace and nice uh, comparison between the two. Um, not really anything else I want to talk about on Stomping Grounds. The uh, the overbooked main event was just having Lacey Evans be the special guest referee. I, I think they thought there was going to be more heat on her after losing to Becky Lynch after that match, and then there wasn't, especially after she you know botched two or three very obvious moves, and then. Going into that match, I think people just they just did not want to see her again, and that just it, it deflated everything. It was not a great, yeah, overbooked mess. Uh, I thought it was a good way to handle the Seth Rollins is going to beat up anybody who tries to referee this match sort of conundrum. So it was a good solution to that to still get a heel in there and let someone screw him over, and, and like. And the the conclusion of that of having Becky Lynch come out and beat her up made sense. So like the actual logic of the booking I thought was fine, but it was I don't know. They sure hammered home the fact that they're dating. Yeah, which I, that's another thing I don't really like right now because they're. I don't. Not, I'm not saying I want to see them kiss or anything, but it just <laughs> it, they're just buddies. Like they they seem like workout buddies, but slapping not, buddies. Yeah, I mean it's and uh, like hugging, but not hugging in like a romantic way. It's like it, it you hug your pal, like it's. They look like they're you know, work married, not or work dating. I guess not actually dating. I don't know. Right, it's it is what it is. I I don't like that relationship at all. The way they played it out on TV, and it it's making me want to see them lose their titles, and that's terrible because Corbin and Evans are the the challengers and. I don't want to see either of them as champion, but uh, I, the fact that that match at Extreme Rules is uh, winner take all tells me that they're they're not going to lose because uh, making Corbin and Evans the champion is 
going into SummerSlam is just a no-go. Like, that's not... No. That's <sighs> not going to happen. I don't know. I, I can actually see it happening. Nothing would surprise me in, in, as far as the two out, possible outcomes. Now, now that uh, Heyman is in charge of Raw, I, I don't believe he would book that. I, I, I think we get a swerve and maybe get like a three, a triple threat uh, mixed tag going into SummerSlam for titles and it add uh, Andrade and Zelina Vega, who are now challenged uh, for Raw this Monday, this coming Monday. They're going to be fighting Becky and Seth. So I that is a match I definitely want to see. I, I, I like th- them being a couple, if only because that's like, okay, let's do mixed match challenge for a while. And let's just throw these mixed tags at them, and you know, yeah, but how many Andrade and Zelina is definitely one I want to see. And you could, I when they did, uh, I I have to mention the power of love because thanks to that we got uh, Paul Heyman throwing Mike Kanellis a bone, who got to wrestle, and uh, was it throwing him a bone? It was story. Was it throwing him a bone? Probably well, I mean, the not... harshest burial I've ever seen of a wrestler in the history of wrestling. I mean, I know you were just happy. To see your boy, but you were seeing your boy get cucked, man. I did, but it's still, I mean, it's TV time. It's not, he's not on 205 Live, he's on Raw. So if, if, if you go by that metric, yes, absolutely. But it was a better look for him. He's, he's, might as well be a Ken doll now, man. I mean, yeah, that, that, but you can work with that. Like you can, that, that can be a gimmick that you work with. And yeah, it sucks, but I mean, you're on Raw and you're working a gimmick. That's better than. You know, I'm on Raw and I run past everybody every <laughs> twice every episode because I'm running after this stupid title that I'll never get. Okay, well, uh, your optimism uh, does. Uh, your optimism makes me happy. I'm proud of you. This, you're you're setting a good example for me. I'll have to do the same. I would say so, I, I'm a little worried about the mix. I would say I'm a little worried about the mixed tag stuff because I don't know that many couples that are both on the level of Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch. I mean, Andrade, I'd want to see Andrade wrestle uh, Seth Rollins. And as much as I love Selena Vega, I, they just haven't built her up to be on, on the level there. I mean, you could do the same, say the same thing about Rusev and Lana. I would love to see Rusev's Seth Rollins, but Lana and Becky Lynch is, it's not something I need. No, no, I, I I agree with that. Yeah, there's not that many women. I mean, hell, just come out and say and Andrade and Charlotte are an actual couple and do that. Because I mean, uh, Seth and Becky were secret for a little while as well, and then oh, yeah, that so would work. have Charlotte finally come out at uh uh for SummerSlam and say, okay, fine, I want your title and I'm gonna challenge you for it at SummerSlam and it's a mixed tag and also this is the man I'm in a relationship with and you know like show all the Instagrams then later on like oh they actually are a couple yeah we just haven't said anything about it and then it's just Charlotte and Becky again but I mean but it's Andrade Andrade and Seth and Charlotte and Becky in one match like that's that is a that's a great marquee match and it also raises Andrade up to the level where he should be anyways so Oh. Book of the SummerSlam main event. Sorry, we're, we're, we're looking ahead, but instead of looking backward, there's just so much to look back at. Um, briefly, I know you watched uh, some of Fighter Fest. I watched the buy-in, and of course I've heard about the uh, the chair shot that everybody has been talking about. I mean, Lord, they, that they were talking about like the moment it happened, and it's been a thing ever since, and uh, Dave Meltzer and everybody have weighed in about what actually happened and what was supposed to happen, and I... 
I mean, my only take on it is an unprotected chair shot, however you want to slice it, uh, is a bad idea. Like with all the CTE uh, research done now and all that, it's. I I think AEW is is they they've said and they are catering towards the teenager crowd because they feel like WWE has left that crowd behind and you know they're trying to rope them in as part of their demo and that makes sense. But if you're gonna do it with uh, stuff that we've left behind for a reason, then that's that's a no go for me. Uh, I think it was more of an experiment because th- there was a, they were trying to do it in a different way that they thought was going to alleviate the risk. It didn't. It didn't work. Let's not try it again. Yes. And, I, and I'll admire him for like, okay, if we're going to try this, we're going to try it on my head. I'm not going to put one of my employees through this. So, I mean, on a personal level, I totally respect and get it. But yeah, you're right. We've we've left the unprotected chair shot. Let's just like you know, let's let's put chair shots down for a while, just in general, because it's hard to make them look not contrived right now. So don't try. Do table spots. I, I won't say that like as a rule because the Braun Strowman, you give him a chair, he can lay in some back shots that look really painful. And I I would venture to say if you gave uh, Walter a chair, he could probably make it look quite devastating without aiming for the head. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I, I have not seen the Moxley Janela match. I've heard that one, uh, went kind of deliciously old school, hardcore and like ECW hardcore. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I want to watch that show cause I want to catch up on all that stuff. I just, uh, have not had time to catch up on everything. So, but your, your thoughts outside of the, the chair shot heard around the world, uh, are pretty positive. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was very good. Uh, that same match, the chair shot match, I feel bad because the chair shot has totally over-eclipsed the, the match itself. I had no idea who this Darby Allen feller was going in, but they've made him a star in my mind. So that alone has shown me what they can do as a promotion. They can take an indie guy that even I haven't heard of and be like, this is what he does. This is why he does it. This is why it's amazing. And now I'm fully bought in. I'm like, yes, this this guy is amazing. And I want to see more. And it showed uh, a lot of just what Cody Rhodes is able to do as a booker. I'm assuming he booked the match because it was his match. And, and his ability to put over people without s- sacrificing anyone. Because do, do you know how the match ended? Uh, it was a draw, right? Yeah, it was a timeout draw, which is something yeah. I don't want to see them lean on a lot to do this, but I think in this case it was fine. Uh, and 20 minutes is about a good length for a long match anyway. Any more than that. Like, people were calling for overtime. I'm like, you don't really need a 25-minute match. So, you know, maybe that was Sean Spears' real intentions. And it it furthered a lot of stories. It got the MJF story a little more front and center to a lot of people. It's... Yeah, I thought it was very effectively done. And the rest of the stuff was more just really fun. I haven't actually watched the Moxley-Janela match yet because I'm still making my way through the pay-per-view. But that's the only one I have left to watch. Everything else was just good, solid, fun wrestling. It was exactly what we've come to expect from AEW. I've heard some complaints that it was too focused on fighting game references. But eh, I like fighting game references. I know who Justin Wong is. I know who Jabaley is. So... 
it's funny that as soon as the AEW name got tacked onto it and they also mentioned that it was streaming live and all this stuff before that it was like we're doing this event it's tied to this fighting game tournament so you know, these the people that go to it are going to see it everybody else no you're not you're just not going to see this and then they decided no we're going to put it on you know BR live and everybody gets to watch it and so it 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 kind of went a half step of like you said like you know we're, we're doing it for this crowd but you know it's also got our guys on it and i mean hell the uh uh not the Bullet Club. What? What are the the Elite? Duh. I'm trying to think what Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks call themselves. I was like, why? Why is it not coming to me? B uh, Elite. B yes. E Elite. Wrestling Lucha Bros and Laredo Kid. Like that. Yeah. That, that's not a match. It's just like ah. Oh, I mean, it does sound like a house house show match, but it's also a house show match you really want to see. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's kind of what this felt like. Was a house show that kind of like uh. uh not evolution, not the women's pay per view necessarily, but a little bit of that feeling. Like it feels like a house show, but the the wrestling is so good mm-hmm. that you're really glad you watched it. And I I know I fight for the fallen. I know is their big their big one. They're really pumping up that they'll be the last one before uh, all out, and then their TV goes live. So yeah, I I want to see it so I can catch up with a lot of these guys. I know I saw the the buy in, so I got to see SCU versus Private Party versus Best Friends, and that was fun. That was a, a great tag match and uh uh Bailey, as you mentioned versus uh naka crap what's not not nakamura not nakazaka i think yeah god's like apparently known for oiling himself up often. yeah yeah <laughs> he's a slippery <laughs> yeah. slippery dude <laughs> which is a so. great call out for a fighting game convention because there's a fighting game character who does that so i just like the idea of like more themed pay-per-views or more themed shows where there's like a theme to it they could do a halloween havoc sort of thing and actually make it fun not be goofy just kind of well be goofy but be good goofy not dumb goofy yeah with their with the whole vibe i get from that so far is a very old school but good wcw so yeah i could see like you know going to sturgis and having the biker rally shows not not saying they'll necessarily do that, but like that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah that'd be like, fun. Like, I'd watch that too. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. It it created you know fun moments where all the announcers have to wear like low key biker gear because that they have to look the part. And yeah, no, it's I I like making that part of the show. I do I do miss that. Uh, and just the big spectacle shows again, all in and all out. I think will be that still. And uh, if that's what they keep calling them, who knows? But yeah, I I solid stuff from them. Uh, it sounds like everybody that watched it enjoyed the show, and that's, I mean, that's ultimately what matters. I, I, it sounds like people enjoyed that overall more than they enjoyed Stomping Grounds, which, again, was not a bad show, but definitely had its uh, lowlights. I have to briefly mention that I I, uh, I got bored one day. I was watching so much wrestling. I'm like, ah, I'm just going to keep it rolling. I watched main event. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know how I, I, I screwed up the order of episodes or something because I'm watching a show, an episode. And uh, it's Dana Brooke versus Sarah Logan. I'm like, oh, they must have redone the match like the next week. So, you know, Dana can get her get her heat back or something like that or get a win since she got her head busted open. And oops, it's that match. And she gets sent into the post and she just comes off just bloodied, like blood everywhere. And they, you could tell like the crowd, which, you know, was a post or no, a, a pre-Raw crowd. Yeah, I do it before. Yeah, I can't imagine what it was like going into Raw after this because this was like the last match I think before they went to Raw, and I mean she's just a bloody mess, and they like put a towel on it, and she just like, you know, is like just laying there like trying, obviously like, not concussed hopefully, but very very badly injured, and 
Yeah. Sarah Logan, you know, tried to do her. Oh my God. I'm really worried for this woman, but also, ha ha, you suck. I'm a Viking. (laughs) So (laughs) that was, was, uh, yeah, I did not expect to see the match. I didn't know it was until she went into the ring post. I'm like, Oh, I wonder if this is the same one or if they just did that spot again. Like, ha ha, that didn't happen. It didn't work this time. And then no, I saw the blood. I was like, Oh God, this is it. Uh, that's a mixed match so they, they could do something with. Put Sarah Logan and Eric Rowe together. Just as a... I mean... Not as a, a, a pay-per-view level, but just have them fight Becky and Seth at a, at a regular show. I If they've wrapped up their time with, uh, with the Riot Squad, and I, I think when Ruby Riot comes back, she'll just be probably by herself or maybe with one of her former partners. But I... It makes so much more sense to bring Sarah into the Viking Raider fold. Like, yes. she doesn't always have to come out with them. Maybe she can. But, yeah, she, I mean, she's married to one of them. And the, the look is supposed to be cohesive. Like, she has this, like, riot squad, but also Viking gear. And it's like, just go all the way with one direction, not She both. looks like a roller derby girl for a Viking-themed team half the time. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to describe the, the riot squad. They look like roller derby. Which right. you know that that that's an aesthetic, but it, it's a, a very clear aesthetic for them. <laughs> I I want to mention this just because it's so stupid. Alistair Black <laughs> st- still can't get out of his room, but it's he the different room each time. It's weird. Fi- it doesn't make. He any finally gets sense. a knock. I don't think it is. I think it's like the the Stardust and Bray Wyatt room. I don't think it. I think they somehow they transport that time and space with them all the time and that's where they have to stay so he, he finally gets a knock so you think that's maybe it like he's gonna you know answer the door and get a wrestling match and he doesn't he just smiles and then the next week he just talks about how he got a knock at the door and he'll be wrestling at extreme rules but that doesn't he doesn't say against who he doesn't say what he's doing he's uh, didn't he open it and there was no one there because he got ding dong ditch because he's a ding dong <laughs> no that was a, that was a that was a fantasy booking i think oh. that was that didn't actually happen but i mean it's he says something about seven layers of hell which is like okay is that a Dante's, Dante's Inferno reference or are you actually going to have a seven layers of hell match like what's a I, seven layers of hell match well that it got me thinking about the three three levels of hell or whatever where they had the three cages stacked on top of each other which, oh you know, yeah that, yeah that was that a WCW was, thing that was weird that was very weird that, that was a thing that premiered in a uh, movie in the WCW movie, and then they brought it to the actual WCW. Uh, the was it that one with uh, David Rumble, Arquette? Ready, ready to rumble. Yes, yes. It was ready to rumble. Yes. I'm, yeah, I remember that movie. Okay, had Goldberg yeah, put, and Sting and DDP and a bunch of WCW guys, and it was yeah that that was the one that was where that match debuted. It's like the Wizard, where Super Mario Three shows up in a movie, and then all of a sudden it's actually out, and it's a video game you can play, and then. This was a wrestling match that was very, very poorly conceived. Um, I don't, other uh, quick note: I, I, Bailey, uh, Bailey, and Cross and Bliss. How do you, how are you feeling about that whole situation? I, I, I go back and forth on it, but I think I think they're doing a pretty good job. I think uh, Bailey and Bliss especially are doing a great job with their promos and really kind of laying in some truth on it. And uh, I was so glad to see Nikki Cross getting. Uh, some talking time this week and even though you know the crowd was a piece of shit to her just for having a weird or not weird uh, a different accent uh it's a little harder to understand uh they, they were very mean but i i 
I, I like where that's going. And I, I think they're still just playing the long game and that bliss will turn on her. But I, I kind of hope they swerve me at this point. And I hope there is no like real swerve. And it's the, the swerve is that bliss and cross are actually friends. I, I, I would like that. There's I'm like you. I'm torn on this. Like, I love that Nikki Cross is getting a lot of TV time, but and they, I thought they were setting her up to be able to beat Bailey, and then Bailey went and beat her. So I'm like, wait, where's the story going then? Because if the whole thing was Alexa keeps using Nikki Cross to beat Bailey, but can't beat her herself, there's something interesting there. Uh, and then I thought maybe they were going to do something where they turned Alexa Bliss into a coffee-driven maniac like Nikki Cross, and Nikki Cross teaches her how to wrestle with her teeth but they've kind of moved away from that. It's, it feels like, it feels like it has Vince McMahon's indecisiveness or all timers more likely all over it, where it keeps changing from week to week to week. And I don't know where it's going, but at the same time, it's getting three wrestlers that I really, really like on TV every week. So I'm not going to complain. Right. And that's, that's a lot of what's going on right now is like, uh uh oh god it was the new day versus the viking raiders and joe i think uh at the top of raw this week after the after the falls count anywhere and i was like i, I mean this match is overbooked and they did the whole now the raw reset as i like to call it uh it's trademarked where they you know have a match start and then no there can't be no wrestling during the commercials anymore so they go to commercial and then come back and it's restarted with like an extra person added and it's i i'm so tired of that already it is stupid that's it's 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 literally vince mcmahon saying this is how this has to be make it happen and then they just have to write two out of three falls matches where after this after the second fall we will be going to commercial i repeat and but 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 at what I was my point was all six of those men are guys that I want to see wrestle. So I'm going to put aside my this contrivance is so stupid for okay, I get to see the entire New Day versus the Viking Raiders and Samoa Joe. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. I think and, this and, is what we have to do as wrestling fans is like, okay, we've been given this stupid conceit and we're going to accept it and we're gonna just enjoy what it gets us, which is Samoa Joe is now a Viking. I I mean, sure. He's not got. I mean, other than yelling at uh, uh, Kofi at, and and getting some some good heat on uh, his promos, he's got nothing else character wise going on. So yeah, sure. Throw some so throw some Viking gear on him and let's, let's see if anybody notices. <laughs> Just talk about him like he's a Viking one week and we'll buy it. The Joe I experience. I can almost guarantee you that. Oh God! That's that what they should actually, call the Coquina Clutch: is the Joe experience, because that's what it is. You are experiencing Joe. That that is that is peak Joe. Yes. Uh, I, I quickly want to mention the NXT Breakout Tournament, which is a, a tournament of I think just eight guys that are kind of up and comers. They've had their they just came in NXT. Their names are changing, and uh so i have i have no idea what their former names were i they they say it but i i've not kept track of that so uh the first week was angel garza who i know they say is the cousin of umberto carrillo who is kind of big on 205 live and nxt now uh, and he defeats joaquin wild and that is it, it it was a a hell of a match to start off a tournament with it, it kind of has a feeling of uh uh cruiserweight classic and mayon classic 
Like it kind of has that feeling like tucked into an NXT episode. Uh, I highly recommend going back and watching that, that match from a couple weeks ago. And also this week was Cameron Grimes, who has a real kind of dirty country feel to him, uh, beating Isaiah Swerve Scott. And that was another uh, very, very good match. So if you haven't seen any of those breakout tournament matches, I, I would recommend going back and watching them. I would like to see them maybe make that a kind of a bundle on the network. And once they're all done and say, you know, it's a kind of a tournament thing again. And so you can watch them all together because that they are very, very good. And they don't touch like anything. They, they have their match and then they leave. Like there's no like, Oh, well, Adam Cole comes down and yells at this guy. Cause he sucks. It's like, no, no, there's just, it's just, these guys are wrestling then they're done. Let's move them out. And now we go back to the, the, the stories. So yeah, good, good stuff on NXT as always. Yeah. I like that idea of the bundle. Yeah, I I mean they've got the 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 matches they can I they they could somehow splice it together and do some of their production magic and and make it look nice and tidy. Uh, last thing I will mention is Drew Gulak winning the cruiserweight title at Stomping Grounds was awesome and uh, he's done a great job with it uh, thus far. I mean he's only had a couple of matches but he's he's been out there wrestling which is more than I can say for Tony Nese who disappeared for you know like two months after WrestleMania and. I, I just love Drew Gulak and I'm, I'm happy for him and I, I hope this continues and that he still gets to go wrestle other places and other people because uh, everybody should get a piece of Drew Gulak. I'm noticing a type of your boys. You like haircuts. You mean I like haircuts? They all have your haircut. Drew Gulak does not. He actually has like slicked back now, but he's got, your he hair is got slicked more hair. back at this exact moment. It is not. It is spiked up. I will have, you know, look at this. <laughs> That looks, I don't know, there's kind of a back It's also motion. very short now. Okay. I actually just got a haircut. So, uh, for those who don't know, I'm bald and all hair looks the same to me. So, maybe I'm, uh, but, I don't know. Jason likes guys with his haircut. I'm saying it. That's not, if anything, I think I look more MJF right now. Oh, you wish you could look like MJF. He's the no, salt the hair-wise, the hair-wise, <laughs> not looks and everything no, else. No, that's a good call-out. Yes, you. you I, I might as well be talking to Stone Cold Steve Austin. I like his hair. <laughs> yeah, so he's bald and he's got a goatee. Mm-hmm. He's you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I refuse uh, to shave yeah. my head to, because I refuse to do that. The exact look of Stone Cold Steve Austin, Kane from uh, Command and Conquer, and a douchebag that I used to work with. So that's why every time my wife's like, "You should shave your head," I'm like, "Well, no, I can't." I, I, that's, that's quite the group you put yourself in with. So I'm you trying to keep myself like stone out cold. Of. Well, yeah. And then Kane from command and conquer. And then a douchebag used to work with. That's, it's quite the trifecta you've got going there. So programming note, we will not have an episode right before extreme rules. We're not going to run down the pay-per-view this episode because the card's still being kind of built. I, I have to imagine, Oh, we, we didn't talk about uh Stroman Lashley oh, yeah, real briefly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what did you uh, think of that? I, I was, I was watching on vacation, so I came out from putting my daughter to bed and uh, came and sat on the couch and saw like the, the kind of the start of the quote unquote match, and then the moment and was just like, okay, that's a that that that's a Paul Heyman way to start an episode of Raw, I guess. I loved it. I thought it was amazing, and I want more of that exact thing. I uh, and, and Corey Grave uh, get, getting to spout the coveted holy shit, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> 
the covenant. That was like that. that was great. Well, I mean, because uh, you don't get to say it that often, but it's like I was telling my wife. You know, we watch some shows on USA now, and they they say they say shit every other word it seems like but they they also drop the f-bomb and they don't have like a count it seems like they just say it so i i i don't know if we're like moving back towards i i've heard that you know wwe is is considerate enough of the aew threat that they want to keep the or get the teenage audience back as well so that's why you saw you heard that and also <sighs> kofi kingston flipping off joe on smackdown uh you know you know what if teenagers can be won back by the S word, screw those guys. Teenagers are stupid. I think they just need our truth to, to just be in the corner of every episode, just flossing. <laughs> it's like, see, this is like Fortnite. <laughs> Check me out. You like that? Oh, right? oh. Can we just say that our truth had better go into the WWE Hall of Fame after this twenty four seven thing? Man is a treasure, an absolute he treasure. Is. He is very good. Uh, Drake is doing some great work. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that. The, the I I hope everybody's going to what to YouTube to watch all the clips because they don't always show them on the ep- on the actual like TV shows. But like uh, Drake going through the airport with his wife with the title and just talking nonstop about the title and not caring about his wife going to his honeymoon. Uh, the fact that they apparently went to Orlando for their honeymoon where they live. <laughs> And she's furious with them, and he's just like, "We talk about they got Disney, they got Universal. It's like the best entertainment. They've got world. our house. <laughs> no, no, this. Yeah, if you want to enjoy wrestling, what you do is you go to the YouTube channel at least once a week, and you just do Control F twenty four seven and Control F Iconics because that's where those two things live, and they're both great. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong, and yeah, our truth uh, doing some great work. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Just look all that stuff up, find it, uh, watch it on the on the TV shows, and enjoy it because yeah, that's and and th- there's even a clip of uh, uh, EC3 sitting on a bench and talking to Drake about this is before he won the title back and you know whether whether or not to go on his honeymoon and he t- gave him a whole big speech and yeah, it, it, it's nice to see some character building for EC3 as well. I hope that continues and I yeah, I again I did not expect to like that as much as I do, but it's. I, I think Heyman and Bischoff are going to give an injection that is well much needed, and the Falls Count Anywhere uh, match was, a, I think, a good indicator of that. But Can we talk I, about this I, for a second? B- b- hang on. Okay. I, I think they will, especially Heyman, but maybe even Bischoff, I, I think they will take the 24-7 ball that they're given and run with it. Like I feel like that's just going to get cooler and dumber and funnier as we go on, and I, I, that's that's a great thing. All right, what what are your thoughts on on Bischoff Heyman? Here's the thing, I don't have any thoughts about Bischoff. I don't like he hasn't done anything to my knowledge in the last twenty years. I know what he did during the Monday Night Wars, and his impact on wrestling has been phenomenal, and he's done some good TED talks. But I don't know anything that he's done actually in wrestling that wasn't just showing up at some indie promotion and rehashing what he did 20 years ago. Paul Heyman, I am stoked. I'm over the moon about because he's been involved in a lot of the really good Brock Lesnar stuff. He's been in and out of WWE for years. He is phenomenal on the mic. He still gets it. And so, yes, put Paul Heyman in my life. So uh, Bischoff, like every other wrestling 
manager, executive, whatever that gets out of the business kind of uh, does a podcast. And so he has a podcast that's uh, pretty, I haven't, I haven't listened to it, but it's uh it's pretty well regarded. And I know he gives, you said Ted talks, but he also does like the, the JR kind of shows where he goes around and, you know, like does like just a, an evening with JR and he sits down and just answers fans questions and talks about stuff. Uh, I, I, there's a lot of merit in that kind of stuff, but I, uh, yeah, I, he definitely has not been the face that Heyman has been. Uh, I know he's out there and I know I've definitely heard interviews with him and everything else, but I, I don't know how tied to the business he's stayed. So uh, that was kind of a, Again, I think it was it, they may be trying to play to that teenager crowd, but that is calling back to the people that watched in the 90s because you hear Bischoff and Heyman are now in charge of Raw. I I saw that headline when I was uh, on a, a vacation before, and I had to like go to my phone like, why is it sending me old headlines? Like, why why is this showing up? And I, I had to read through it like to like the third paragraph before I realized, oh, this is a 2019 article. This is happening. Like, this is true. <laughs> what is going on? And, uh, yeah, it's, it's bizarre. It's good. I, I, Heyman, uh, I know I've heard that he, you know, he ran SmackDown for a short time, but apparently ran it his way instead of his way through Vince. And that kind of got him shut down pretty quickly. Like he, he just tried to make it his own show and that's a no go. You like, you still have to, you know, report to the big man. So at least for now. So yeah, I, I don't know exactly what it means, but I, I hope it means it has to mean both shows differentiate. Cause again, we're going to, we're going to Fox with SmackDown. That show has to be something completely different than what it is now, which is just the second raw. I mean, this, this past episode had so many callbacks to raw, including the first five minutes where they just reshowed most of the, uh, fallout and the actions from the falls count anywhere match that I was like, I, I didn't need to watch this episode. So I, it's, I'm still really, really interested and excited to see where we're at in September, October, come all this stuff. But uh, that the Heyman Bischoff wrinkle has uh, made that even more so. So yes, if nothing else, I, it's a great time to watch wrestling because at least something's going to happen. It is, and I mean, I, we we're talking about all the shows that we've watched recently, but I mean, like I said, Extreme Rules is coming up. Uh, Fight of the Fallen will be shortly after that. Um, maybe the same weekend? No, I think it's the weekend after. I hope. Oh God. Um, and then we'll have SummerSlam and we will have takeover and we will have takeover UK Cardiff is coming up. So, and then, I mean, right into all out and it's, it's, it's never been a better time to be a wrestling fan. I have to, you know, people say that about video games and other things these days, but I, I, I have to believe that's true because there's just so much out there. And you can also hear interviews of Will Ospreay <laughs> like I did yesterday. And it's just, him and Seth Rollins going back and forth on you know my company's the best. Oh, your company sucks. My I Indy's the best and they they, yeah. they made up. They're friends now. Yeah, it's it's all one big world. We all got place in it. Uh, yeah, I I've enjoyed most of the things I've seen this past two or three weeks, and I know I'm gonna enjoy what's coming. And we'll enjoy it here on Pro Grapplers. We appreciate you listening. If you liked it, please subscribe. You can do so on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you find your podcast. Please leave a review if that's possible. If you like this show, you can listen to our voices on a couple of other podcasts. You can listen to us on the preeminent webcomics podcast on the internet, Digital Strips. We talk about all things webcomics. Uh, usually find some comics and review them. Find your favorite new webcomic 
thanks to digital strips. And today I learned nothing. If you have something funny happened to you and you want to tell everybody on the internet, that's what we do on a podcast. You can find Today I Learned Nothing on just about any podcast uh, subscription service you use. You can follow us on Twitter for this podcast, at P Grapplers. I am at the Jason Sigler. I am at Idahobo. And we'll talk at you next week on the greatest podcast in the history of our sport. I'm amazing Jason Sigler. And I am Steve the Shin Kicker Shinny. We might as well be close to another pay-per-view because that's just how it rolls these days. Here on Pro Grapplers. Pro Grapplers.